1: Thank you for joining us. The foundation of genuine salvation is based on our belief in and application of the entire uncompromised Word of God. We must live in it, walk in it, talk in it, aid in it, love in it, stand firm in it, abide in it, and so on. All love, honor, and glory belong to God. We must continuously strive to abide in the Word of God and all that we think, say, and do. This is the true measure of genuine salvation. Listen with Bible, pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander enlightens us today on how to know if we are genuinely saved. The
2: greatest questions you should ask or be asking in your life is, am I saved? Here's here's the question. Am I saved without a doubt? And Lord, how can I know you more? What What two spiritually profound questions? Am I saved without a doubt? And how can I know you more Ooh, if, without leaving, saying, Lord, my heart's innermost desire is not how I can, I can get more dogs, how I, I, I can hit more balls on the golf court, you how know, I, I can play more bingo. I can play more dominoes. Nothing wrong with that. I can go bowling. I, another movie. Another Netflix. And everything else I can can't call. But how can I know you more? Now here's a question. This is going to help you. How can believers know Christ more? I'm going to show. You, I'm, I'm going to give to you how you can know Him more. So you can. So so that you can know Him more. How many of you want to know God more? I do. Look, if I could put both my feet up, they'd be up too, but I'd fall. Okay, how can believers know Christ more? A, first you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Acts 6.31 says, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Beloved, you must first have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ before you can know God. It is impossible to know God without a relationship with him. Okay that's the first thing. B, you must read and obey the word of God. That's how you know God more. You'll not know God more apart from the scriptures. You must read and obey the word of God which allows him to speak to you in a very personal way. Every time you read your Bible, the Lord speaks to you. Every time you pray, you're talking to God and he wants you to have a two-way personalized conversation. No, listen, and when I, speak, when I say growing spiritually, devotionals are fine, but it is not the Word of God. I'm not talking about just supplementary spiritual readings, such as devotionals, uh, daily devotionals, commentaries, and articles. There are no substitute for the Word of God. No substitute. We do the word for you today here and all these other things. Listen, those things come after you do the word of God, not in place of the word of God. Nothing comes before the word of God. Joshua one eight says, this book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Uh see. To know God more is this. Apart from prayer, we cannot know God more because it literally, prayer literally ushers us into the presence of God. Prayer helps you to know God more. You know, prayer also, it illuminates your mind. Prayer enlightens your mind to understand the scriptures, which helps you to know God. Let me say that again, because I know some of you are really right, and I just see you documenting. Some of you saying, Pastor, please slow down. Okay? Apart from prayer, we cannot know God more because it literally ushers us into the presence of God. Prayer illuminates our mind, it enlightens our minds to understand the Scripture, which help us to know God more. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. D, continually growing in Christ is the way to know God more. The more you grow in Christ, the better you, know, you will know God. If you're not growing in Christ, you're regressing in your relationship with God, you're not going to know God more. You're going to know Him less. Second Peter 3.18a says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When you are growing in Him, uh, you will know God more. E. you cannot know God more apart from living a holy life. You can't live like the devil and you're in a devil's camp. You're looking at pornography. You're, you're lashing out at people, you're sinful, you're doing all kind of damnable things and talking about, I want to know God. You'll never know Him. God is a holy God, and He will not reveal Himself to you as you live in an unholy mess. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. F, true believers are lovers of God. In other words, you love God. The more you love God, the greater the inner longing becomes to, to know him. True believers are lovers of God whose heart's desire is to know God more. I reiterate, true believers are lovers of God whose heart's desire is to know God more. Luke ten twenty seven says, So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, you love him with all your soul, you love God with all your strength, and you love God with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Church, if you apply these principles, you will know Christ more. Some people say, what is your goal for this church? What is your vision? People, they ask me that. Now, I'm glad to ask. I've been pastoring so many years now. I don't have to say, oh, I'll go with you tomorrow. I, got, I don't have to come up with 51 reasons. Uh, for a vision for this church. I can just simplify it. I said, My vision for this church is to lead folk to Christ and to teach them how to love God more. You say, why do you say that? Because when you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, you're not going to have any problem denying yourself. You're not going to have any problem following Christ. You're not going to have any problem aligning your life to the Word of God. You're not gonna have any problem tithing to God. <laughs> You're not gonna have any problem with any of those things because you love God that much. The total inner desire of yours is to love Him more, and the more I love Him, the more I conform my life to the, the principles of Scripture. Won't you say amen? amen? Number three, victory over Satan gives us the assurance of salvation. Victory over Satan gives us the assurance of salvation. 1 John 2, 13b says, 1 John two thirteen b says, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I said the wicked one is who? The Satan, the devil, okay? You cannot overcome the wicked one unless you are spiritually strong. Spiritually, weaklings cannot overcome the devil. 1 John 2, 14b says, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. Ephesians six ten says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. 1 John 2, 14b also says, and the Word of God abides in you. You cannot have victory over the wicked one unless you abide in the Word of God. You see what does it mean to abide in the Word of God? Some of you are not used to that terminology. To abide in the Word of God means to continue in the Word of God. To abide in the Word of God is to remain in the Word of God. To abide in the Word of God is to remain steadfast in the Word of God and to be unshakable when it comes to the Word of God. You are not combat ready if you do not have a genuine personal relationship with Christ before engaging the the enemy. If you're going to engage the enemy, you're going to fight a good fight. You can't be weak. You can't be double-minded. You can't be flippant. You can't be all over the place. You can't be messy. You can't be angry because Satan will exploit all of that. Beloved, every victory over Satan and the demonic realm increases your faith, gives you more confidence in Christ, and courage in spiritual warfare. Every victory over Satan makes you stronger in the battle. Apart from knowing Christ, apart from being strong in Christ, apart from abiding in the words of Christ, let me say that again, apart from knowing Christ, being strong in Christ, And abiding in the words of Christ, it is absolutely impossible to have victory over Satan, sin, and temptation. I say that again. Apart from knowing Christ, being strong in Christ, and abiding in the words of Christ, it is absolutely impossible to have victory over Satan, sin, and temptation. Abiding in Christ and his words gives us the strength and wisdom to identify Satan's strategies and Helps us to overcome the wicked one. Verse 14 C says, and you have overcome the wicked one. Beloved, you cannot overcome the wicked one unless you know the strategies of Satan. You got to know his tactics. You got to know his strategies. So that leads me to another question. What are some of the strategies of Satan? And we're almost done. What are some of the strategies of the devil? What are some of the strategies? You need to know that so, so that you can identify it and stand against it and defeated. What are some of the strategies of the enemy? Number one, Satan's aim is to deceive the saints. His aim is to deceive the saints. First Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines. The word doctrine means teaching, Te- teachings of demons. The demons will teach you. To be deceived, you say, what does it mean to be deceived? To be deceived is to be misled. And Satan is a master strategist in using deception to lure unsuspecting believers away from God. He's a master strategist in getting unsuspecting believers to be led astray from the Word of God and the church of God. Be mindful, you will never become so spiritually strong or invincible that the enemy cannot deceive you. Now, th- that thought was so big, it may have just gone by you. <laughs> I believe I better repeat it again. (laughs) Let me be, listen. You will never, never, never become so spiritually strong or invincible that the enemy cannot deceive you. That's why 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, therefore let the one who thinks he stands watch out that he does not fall. When you think you all of that, you think you that spiritual, that holy, that uppity there in Christ, God's going to cut your knees off you. So how does Satan deceive believers? How does he save you? You say, how did I get out here? How did this happen? I thought I knew God better than that. How, how does Satan deceive believers? A, he deceives you into thinking you have more time than you actually have to restore relationships. There are some of you out here, you need to get your relationship right with your brother, your sister, your friend, your a church member, a co-worker. You need to get right with your in-law. You There's there somebody you, you need to get right with. And you say, well, I got time. I'll I do it by Christmas. And tomorrow, you gone or they're gone. He deceives he you into thinking you have more time than you actually have to restore relationships, witness for Christ, and to yield to the call of God upon your life. You say, oh, God called me to be uh, an evangelist. God called me to missions. God called me to youth or whatever. And you say, well, I'll do it uh, next year, next year. You put off the call of God, put off the call of God, and you die with an unfulfilled call that God wanted you to have, but you wouldn't receive it because you put God off for selfish reasons. How does Satan deceive believers? Satan deceives you into relying on your own human wisdom instead of trusting the Word of God. When you put your human reasoning over the Word of God, you're on your way down. You are gonna make a big mess of your life, and you're going to mess up everybody around you. And, and, and look, everybody that looks spiritual is not spiritual. Everybody that talks spiritual is not spiritual. You better size everybody up by the Word of God. That's including your kinfolk. Okay? Uh, C, Satan deceives you into entertaining demonic spirits unaware, such as reading horoscopes. Don't be asking what your sign is. Astrology. I don't care nothing about you being a Virgo. Divination. Consulting mediums. All that stuff is done today. Dialing up hell. That's what you're doing. You're dialing up hell. Say dialing up hell. Every time you do this, you're dialing up hell. Psychic hotline. You're going to pay somebody, you going to pay the devil to forecast your future and don't even tithe? Watching television shows based on witchcraft, praying for and talking to the dead. You know folk talk to dead folk? They bear, you know they burn them up, uh, 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 cremate them and whatever, and put them in ashes and put them over some uh, uh, bedroom. Hey Joe, good morning. Merry Christmas. You guess what I did yesterday? You'd be disappointed with me, Joe. You know what I did? I, I, I wrecked the car. Joe, if Joe came out that bottle, <laughs> you would be in that bottle with him. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want anybody ask. That happened to me one time. <laughs> oh, God, well you remind me so much of your God. Oh, and y'all, you know, when, I, when this happened, everybody get quiet. You know, they say, he's going to say something. Y'all, wouldn't you be this quiet when I'm teaching the word. But here's a sideline illustration. So this person, I, you know, I did a eulogy and something. I'm not going to call her name when in time or But then they cremated him. And then she said, said, you go take those ashes? Yeah, I'm going to take those ashes home. I'm going to take them home. And so I said, okay, you take them home. That's, that's my loved one. That's my dad. I'm going to take them home. Okay. I, two or three months later, Reverend Draper. I said, huh? can you come get these ashes? <laughs> I say, come get those ashes. <laughs> what am I going to do with those ashes? I don't want them. <laughs> That's not my loved one. <laughs> you know, I, go spread them somewhere. Just, just spread them. Spread them in the backyard. You know, go spread them. Just spread them. Spread them. You know, you get the ashes, then you find What am I going to do with the urn? And you put it there, and you know what? Satan get in it, and you start talking to it, and you know what Satan does? Satan can talk through objects. And he can put his voice and pitch his voice and imitate your loved one, and you think you're talking to your loved one, and you're talking straight to the devil. Uh-oh. Somebody say, what did you say? You having a good conversation with the devil thinking you talking to your husband, Joe. Oh, I'm not talking about you, Joe, now. I'm not, I'm not talking about you. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man. Participating in seances and believing superstition. I'm talking about a black cat walk your path. Don't walk around on this ladder and don't oh, I'm not studying a black cat. My faith is not that weak. It's just a shoe cat and keep walking. You worried about a black cat and eyes all grayish looking. I'm not gonna I'll never walk this path again. Get over yourself. You ought to be stronger than that. Talking about a black cat. That stuff is straight from the pits of hell. And God wants to tell me, let me tell you to stay away from it. It's dangerous, it's, a, it's disastrous, and I need to preach it so you won't get all entangled. How does Satan deceive believers? Oh, it's gonna get bigger, y'all. Some believers. Who may be struggling with their sexuality, refuse to allow Satan. I want to tell you, for you who may be struggling with your sexuality, refuse to allow Satan to deceive you through bad counsel into thinking you have to transition to the opposite sex to be happy. You said, Can a believer do that? Yes. If they get away from the Word and they start listening to the propaganda, the lies, the television, the social media, the politicians, and the folk that's promoting this stuff, and they're not listening to the Word of God, they can be duped. Do not allow Satan to confuse you. This is a lie, and if you believe it, if I, if I make my body, if I change and transition to a woman, if I'm a man, I'm, uh, from a woman to a man. That's going to make me happy. No, it won't. That's a lie. You will end up deceived. You will end up depressed. You will end up in spiritual regression and even suicidal. Repent and turn to Jesus. Accept and enjoy who God created you to be at birth, even though you may have already permanently altered your body. There is still hope for you there is still hope for you. Be mindful, God loves you unconditionally through the best of decisions and through the worst of decisions. God still loves you. How does he deceive? Satan deceives believers into thinking that in-person and virtual worship are exactly the same. That's another deception. Satan deceived believers into thinking that in-person and virtual worship is exactly the same. Now, live streaming is beneficial for those whose circumstances will not permit them to attend in person. I say it again, live streaming is beneficial for those whose circumstances will not permit them to attend in person. But they cannot experience being, when you're here in person, you cannot experience being enveloped in this spiritual atmosphere. You cannot be enveloped in the environment of the house of God, the sanctuary. Those at home cannot feel the energy in the, in the sanctuary. You cannot experience the hugs the human touch, even when that comes back, you can't experience that. The love, you can't experience the affirmation from other believers. I'm not through. When, when you're in person, the church assembly is a place of refuge. It's a place of refuge. You can come in here, and I'm, you can just breathe. You are out of all that politics, out of all that Democrat, Republican, uh, what's going on in Iraq, and what's going on in Israel, and what's going on in here, and what's going on at the borders, and what's going on and on and on and on? you come in here, oh God. Oh God, you know what? I had a person, thank you, Holy Spirit, in the prayer meeting just the other day, came before the church and stood there. she said, "I joined this church because it's not political." That's what she said. She said, "I got tired of politics being preached from the pulpit." Politics cannot save you. Only the word of God can save you. Pl- this is a place of refuge. It, it is a place, listen, it's a place of social interaction. Uh, it is a place where, you, it's a place of spiritual foundation. Listen, it is right this. Spiritual foundation, spiritual formation, and spiritual development. Look at that. A place of, spiritual foundation, spiritual formation, and spiritual development of you and your children and your grandchildren. That's why you need them here, not at home. And folks say they're looking at home and live streaming. They flick the channel. They forget to look. They're eating pancakes, (laughs) talking on the phone, and I'm preaching my heart out. And they don't know a word I said. <laughs> Your grandchildren need to be in the house of God. Your children need to be in the house of God. And you need to be in the house of God. And if you don't give them that spiritual foundation in there, you you going to cry like a baby when they turn 17, 18, when they've got older. Oh, wow. In-person worship, allows you to experience... I'm not through with in-person worship because Satan has deceived many in thinking that they are exactly the same. In-person worship allows you to experience the power of community. It allows you to experience the power of connectivity. It allows you to experience the power of relationship. You, You know what it does, too? It also provides you a place of spiritual accountability, and spiritual covering. When you're at home 100% of the time, when you're acting ugly and acting a fool, who's going to confront you? Who's going to say, you talking to your wife the wrong way? What you doing sending a message to your wife, texting her, and y'all both in the same house, in the same bed texting? <laughs> See? You, you stay at home because you don't want a You don't want nobody telling you what to do. You want the easy way. This place is a spiritual covering. And, and it's amazing when you come to the church, I don't, you only tell me what to do. Who you think you are? You ain't on that. But you go to the job Walmart, USAA, military. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Who? I wish I can get out and do some push-up. You do everything they tell you to do and they tell you to pick up the trash, you pick it up. You gonna work more hours for the same pay, you do it. Come here. Who you think you are? You pastor this church. Did I say that? (laughs) (laughs) Hebrews 10, 25 says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of return is drawing near. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That is a divine mandate. I didn't write the book. I'm just a mailman. Don't get mad at me get mad at my boss you you got a bill that they overcharge you you don't slap the mailman you go to the source
1: as committed children of the only true and living god we walk by faith and not by sight life on earth is not easy yet even in the midst of trials and tribulations we have joy hope